Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing Life Will Still Be Beautiful by Brahm, featuring my pal Griffin Slinker on guitar and vocals. Check out the song on her newest EP, I Try to Rage Against It, online now. My memory is not, like, awesome. That's kind of what our whole second EP is about, is about, like, losing your memory. Um, And a lot of that is about how I like don't remember a good amount of my childhood. I have like small memories here and there. Um, I can vaguely remember playing in a sandbox when I was like three, maybe, yeah, maybe around like three or four playing in a sandbox in the backyard of like the first home that I lived in. I think that's probably my earliest, earliest memory. Um, Anything, yeah, I don't think I really have anything before that. And it's really just like vague. I don't even have a specific, like, I was playing with anything in particular or I was like with someone. I just remember having a small sandbox made out of wood in my backyard. Yeah. Do you, now when you think of that, even however brief it may be or whatever, do you, uh, do, do, do like olfactory cues and stuff come into play? Like, do you, do you think, do you smell the sand when you like, or, or any, or the sea, the, 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 the breeze and the, off the air or, you know, anything like weird like that? Man, I just remember, I just remember the feeling of wet, wet sand. Cause it yeah. was always like, I think it was, I think it was cause we had sprinklers in the backyard and they were like, the sandbox was like in the grass, which was like kind of a weird spot. I don't even remember if we had sprinklers on that section of the grass, Yeah. but the, the sandbox was always like kind of wet. So the sand was always kind of clumpy, mm-hmm. which was like, which was good for building stuff. But like, I don't know, as a, as a kid, I, for whatever reason, I just like, I liked playing in my sandbox, but I didn't really like building sand castles. I was really into like construction and like trucks. And like, I think I had like a, a backhoe mm-hmm. toy, you know, like the, the giant machine with like a shovel for sure on it. Yeah. Um, I had, yeah, no, no smells. I don't remember any, I know smells are like, that's a big one for memory stuff. I know there's like a couple random smells from my childhood that like come back really strong and they're, they're even kind of vague. There was one, I, I used to go to this summer camp all the time on the East coast and the, like the camp itself has been around for Oh gosh, like 70 years at this point, something like that, 60, 70 years. So, and like the main house on the property is super old. It's an original structure. So it's just like, you know, it's, it's been lived in for almost a century and you know, how many thousands of campers have come, uh, come and gone mm-hmm. from that place. But like, there's, there's a specific like old kind of dusty smell uh, at the bottom of that staircase. And like periodically, if I'm in a house that's old enough and I smell that same, like, dusty smell it's always around a staircase i don't know if there's something about like the architecture of homes or whatever of like those old homes that makes those staircases have that particular smell but that's another i again i don't know i don't know anything that causes it specifically but like it's it's all so vague yeah and i guess i don't know i guess that's the biggest way i can describe my childhood which is like so bleak sounding (laughs) now that i'm like reflecting on it and saying it out loud is that like a lot of it was just vague yeah, I, I mean, you know, um, I think the thing about the staircases has to be something with how they're not easy to do like a a thorough cleaning on. It's got to be something to do with like the way that they hold dust and like and because, yeah, I definitely know what you mean as far as like there is a difference like. I think if you if you were like you know blindfolded and 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 led into a house like 
a lot of people could probably be like, this is stairs, like without even seeing it, just because there is a, there's a thing there, you know, there is a specific, um, sense. There's something in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's tangible. Yeah. It's an obstacle. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I I think it's also because, and I don't know, just like stairs are specifically for foot traffic. So like, you're just, you're just tracking. It's basically just like the floor, but at face level. Oh, so sure. like, you know what yeah. I mean? So you're kind of yeah. just like smelling what people have been walking in all day. I don't know. That might be kind of playing yeah. into it. Yeah. That as makes well. sense also. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. This is, this is why I ask such the, a, a random question in the beginning because I, I like how you never know where it can go. Like it's the floor. Yeah, it's a real at mixed bag level. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I want to interject with this. Cause like, this is the, um, as far as like memories go, this is, the only like prevailing longstanding memory, vivid memory that I have from my childhood. Um, when I was six, I fell in my driveway, like playing basketball. I was trying to like jump off the ledge and like go for a dunk and I like fell and I hit my head and I had internal bleeding. Um, yeah, I had internal bleeding, putting pressure on my brain from inside my skull. Uh, so I had to like be rushed to a hospital, like emergency surgery, all that. But like, I had to get all these scans. They didn't quite know what was going on. All they really knew was that, is that I hit my head. This is like a really bad summary of this whole long, dramatic, like I almost died story. Yeah, I don't think that but it would be the, easy to like, especially at that yeah. age. To, yeah. No, for for sure not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the only, this is the memory that I have. Um, I was in this hospital bed. I was unconscious, but my parents were speaking to like a doctor who was like, yeah, we don't know what's like up with him. We don't know the extent of the injury, if there's brain damage, because he's unconscious. So we like don't know. And like as they were having this conversation, I sat up and I remember this, I remember this so clearly. I can like see the room. I can see where my parents were staring standing. I can like see the bed. Like as I'm closing my eyes and thinking about it, I sat up. I said, Dad, I'm sorry. I threw up in my lap and then I passed right back out. <laughs> yeah. That's that's my God, I remember everything. I remember where literally everything was in the room. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, I also had a, I had like a head trauma when I was a kid, and there, there are mm. things about that that I remember, um, also like very, very vividly. And like, I mean, I fell like two stories and cracked my skull open. Like, whoa. And um, yeah, there's a part of my head that you can like that you can it's like I don't know if I don't like I think there's like a small piece of like the skull that's like just didn't like heal right oh my god and because they didn't put a plate on it or anything or no i mean you know this is like in the early 1900s um or something no (laughs) but this was like civil war yeah this was yeah um (laughs) some guy was getting amputated right next to you no anesthesia exactly um (laughs) but no there's no there's no plate or anything in my head um and but it's it's you know the the crack was like something like a quarter of an inch or something, right? But like, I mean, that's enough. That'll do a, it. That's a lot. That's like you're only just your brain is in there, you know, and that's pretty important. Yeah. Um, so you're not supposed to have like you know something where somebody could you know stick something in there. Or something. but um, the thing is like, there's a spot which is about the size of the you know the the, the tip of your thumb or something, where it's <clears> like you can touch on my head, and you're like it. It's it. I don't. I don't. I, you know, for lots of reasons, I don't like let people touch it. <laughs> but right, uh, yeah. one of the main reasons is it feels really bad. Like it feels mm. awful to like touch like, it. Like it hurt. It hurts you physically. Yeah, sorta. And like, like does it does it just hurt? Like, is it a, an external skin thing, or can you feel it like on the inside of your skull? Uh, I don't think. I I don't think i can really feel it on the inside you know but it's like one of those it's 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 uncomfortable yeah it feels real it doesn't feel right it feels real wrong for and for obvious reasons you know right Um, i asked that question because i have a huge scar on mm -hmm. my head uh when my hair is like cut i have my hair long right now but when it's cut a little shorter you can see it but it goes like it's 
you know, it takes up half my head. Mm-hmm. And, like it's super visible when my hair is cut short enough. And like, you know, it's, it's this deep groove that goes on from the back of my head up to the top, like basically down the center of my head and like kind of down on the left side, mm-hmm. just in front of my ear on the left side of my face. Um, and it's like, I can like trace my finger along it. Like it's in the shape of a staple and it, it like, even when I touch it, it feels like, ah, this is like weird and gross and like uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I can't remember. I mean, the last time I had my hair really short was a while ago and I don't remember specifically like, um, if it, like, I know that it's something that if you, if you, if I said, look, that right here is where this thing is, then it's whatever. But the, as far as like a a scar, you know, like a, a real deep scarring of the tissue or whatever, it's not the case. Because like, I mean, I don't even, I don't even remember how, how old I was, but I, I believe I was uh, four. Like I was real little. And um hmm. I was six when I had mine, so yeah, yeah similar age. Yeah, and it and it's and it um, yeah, it's just this this weird you know bundle of memories like uh like, but the one thing that I can um, recall like, it just in such a such a weird like um, sort of uh, meta metaphysical like kind of way is like, um, I feel like what happened was. I hit the ground, like my head hit the pavement. And in the split seconds before I went unconscious, um, I, like my brain took a snapshot of the ground next to my face. And I can see that like clear as day. And like, I see like broken uh, sidewalk and stuff. And um, the paramedics uh, said, that um, if the sidewalk was uh, solid, like I, my skull would have just been smashed. It would have been, Holy it would have been really bad, right? It would have been, you know, probably like it's like that goes from whatever to fatal. But it was like, yeah. like broken. It was kind of like gravelly or whatever, right? And they said if I'd have landed two feet over in the grass. I would have snapped my neck because there would have been oh my god have been give you know what I mean so right like, your your head would probably would have whipped off the yeah off it, the grass you would have had just insane whiplash and so they were you know they were like this sidewalk being like this or whatever like saved this kid's life and it, and it's that's so crazy it's wild and it, especially because like that's this this mental image that I can conjure like kind of and um, it's really like. It's really like weird how often when I'm drawing um, uh, like rocks or debris or whatever, I'm like, I, I'm drawing something and I, boom, I'm like, I just drew that again. I just drew that. Like I drew that scene in this rock or whatever. Like it's, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but you know what I mean? Like that rock no, that, that, makes, I drew that makes perfect sense. Is actually one of those rocks from you know, and it's it's a uh, Right. Yeah, I mean it's like um it's it's different it's different um than a than a, a near death experience like as an adult, which like I mean I've been in that situation as well. But but it's right. like it's different because I, I almost got hit by the bus on the way to school today. I, I'm, I was like not even phased by it, you know. Right, right. <laughs> like and that, I mean, that stuff is so different as you get older. Right, Be, and it's just because later because you, it's that like reflective nature of like what 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 if because I would have never like I didn't I'd have never fallen in love with this person. I'd have never whatever you know what I mean. And and so it's like it has a different hold on you. You know, it, yeah. in that sense, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that stuff's fascinating to me, but um, you know, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> um, when you were growing up, um, what part of um, your day to day life did did music take? Like, uh, were your parents like, you know, really into music, or um, were you into music like as a child? Um, my parents weren't particularly musical. My, I mean, my mom would like, 
you know, sing songs uh, to me as a kid. Like, I was homeschooled through third grade. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so, like, songs were, like, you know, big in, like, a teaching environment. You know, like, you learn your ABCs or whatever mm-hmm. when you're, like, a little kid or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, she, my mom would sing to me sometimes, um, like, putting me to sleep. I would ask her to sing to me. Um, my dad was probably more musical than her though. And he like, he didn't play any instruments. He, I should say my dad was more like music adjacent than anything else. He, he worked for Kansas, the band Kansas in the eighties as like, yeah, as like a roadie for them. Um, he was a roadie for like kind of a long time. Actually, he like used to tell me a bunch of stories about how he like, um, he did sound for like Joan Jett and like George, Bush senior. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just like a bunch of random, like venue guy stories. Uh-huh. Um, but he also, he also drove like a Peterbilt for Kansas in the eighties. Like very, yeah, I don't know. Very weird career. Um, he was more of my exposure to music kind of early on, just like, cause he would always play like the radio in the car. He'd always put on like classic rock radio, uh-huh. uh, which, you know, tracks for him as a guy who was really into Kansas sure um yeah he was kind of the first big influence for music um my brother was probably the bigger one though because he started playing drums uh as a teenager and you know being i have four siblings and being the second youngest and you know i only have one brother three sisters i was just kind of like oh you know i was basically just like i want to be my older brother yeah kid which you know is fairly normal for a little kid Uh to be like so I was just like, yeah, I want to take drum lessons too. So I started taking drum lessons. I did that for like a year and then I, I think it was like a year and then I just kind of fell out with it. Um, and then I really started getting into music after guitar hero three came out and I saw that and I was like, yeah, I want to play guitar hero. What, what was it about three? That was like, it was, oh, that I, think, just, I think it was just like, it happened to be on your radar out. at that time. Yeah, it was oh, okay. just like the big one. It was like right around the the time the Wii came out, so like those two things coincided. Okay, sorta. So if like for Christmas that year, I like I begged my parents for like a Wii and Guitar Hero, and then <laughs> I had I had that, and then my dad, who was like you know old school classic rock guy, he saw me playing that, and he was like, "That's whack." Like you can play I'm not a gonna real my- guitar. He was like, "I'm not gonna yeah. let my son play a plastic guitar and think he's cool." So he yeah. like he kind of. I don't, I don't want to say my dad like forced me into guitar lessons cause I definitely wanted to do it, but he was definitely the motivating factor yeah. in like, Hey, you should consider playing guitar. Yeah. Here's and, a 72 yeah. sunburst Les Paul. Get that. <laughs> no, um, that's, that's not, that's not too far off not, from the truth. My, my first guitar was like, it was like a Fender Squire, like a really shitty hundred dollar guitar that was just like in our basement. I think like course. one of my brother's friends from high school left it down there and just never, never picked it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I learned on that, but then my dad's like deal with me. It was like, if I learned, you know, a bunch of songs and like got good, got like passably good at guitar, he would buy me like a real guitar. So I did that. And then he bought me like the, do you know, Zach Wild? He was Ozzy Osbourne's guitar yeah, player yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. He bought me the Zach Wild like Epiphone Les Paul custom, the like the yellowish white. Is that the one that has a, Oh yeah, yeah, bullseye. I was yeah. looking for like I, vertigo. The vert- yeah, the I didn't know if it was like bullseye or if it was a vertigo thing. But I well, remember now it's the like a spiral. vertigo thing. But this yeah. this was the first one, the initial the initial custom guitar okay. that Gibson gave him or yeah. slash ep- Epiphone. Yeah. yeah. So I had that, which was like hilarious and like so campy to yeah. be showing up to like <laughs> you know practice, like learning my scales. I started out learning like bossa nova guitar mm-hmm. which like actually ended up being so valuable but obviously as like a you know 12 13 year old you're like i want to play bullet for my valentine riffs i don't want to play bossa nova chords what <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so funny. yeah that so, was that was kind of my like foray into music that was my first like step into that world was yeah. guitar hero it's just kind of wild like imagining like your dad is like okay once you can play carry on my wayward son from start to finish then i'll buy you the zach wild guitar like it's uh yeah well it was really just like oh i'll buy you 
a guitar that you want. And I was really into Zach Wilde at the time. Oh, so okay. I was like, I want that. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't like he just went out and picked that out. Yeah. yeah. That that would be so much funnier if he did. <laughs> it would, and it would kind of like, it, it would kind of make sense too in that way that like sometimes like you're, uh, parents just aren't as tuned in as to like what's hip with the kids, you know, like, Oh like, yeah, for sure. Oh, I know what, I know what would, you know, what would really like, I don't know. Like when I, uh, first started playing guitar, I didn't, um, I didn't like have anybody teach me anything. I played, uh, just by ear, like whatever I, I could figure out, um, for a few months. And then, um, you know, my parents who had split up a while before that, it, uh, my my brothers used to go and visit my dad like every summer um, in Ohio, like from Florida. And um, I usually didn't go for whatever reason. Like, And um, this one time I did, and my dad was a guitar player like since I was a kid. And, and um, my dad's kind of like, what are you like? What are you really into right now? You know, and I'm like, oh, Descendants, Misfits, um, Suicidal Tendencies. You know, like Metallica. And this is like a long time ago, so like, you know, um, this is like pre Black Album Metallica stuff. And um, like, uh, so my dad's like, that's cool. Well, here's um, I'll show you how to play. Ain't talking about love. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know like, <laughs> um, what and but i couldn't i couldn't play it and i kept trying to play it just to like i don't know you know be like you're not gonna show me something that i can't do you know what i mean so yeah uh so it did have like it's uh it had an effect you know and um i still i honestly still can't fucking play that song very well like i i'm just, i'm not like i've never been uh like I'm good at guitar kind of person anyway, so it doesn't, like, but it's just funny, like, you know, I imagine, I imagine some scenario where I, I'd be, uh, I'd hang out with my dad, and my dad'd be like, so show me that song I showed you, and I still can't fucking play it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I feel like... Low-key, like, I feel like I've regressed as a guitar player. I feel like I peaked when I was, like, 17. And ever since then, it's just been, like, kind of downhill. But my confidence has just gotten better. Like when you're, when you're obsessed with like proving yourself, like, and just like, whatever, like, uh, you're, you're, I mean, you just grind. You're just like every, uh, no, like zero notes can be flubbed, like nothing kayfabe, you know, like everything has to be just on the dime, like every, you know, and then later you're just like, realized you're like oh yeah actually none of that shit like really matters and and so you like do kind of just like get a little sloppy you know <laughs> i guess yeah it's just like but you're like you know maybe you tapped into something else like this is like it doesn't matter if I'm the best there ever was. Like I just want to have fun, you know. So true. I don't know, yeah. You know. But a lot of that, a lot of that getting sloppy, I think at least, also comes from like, because I when I started out, started out playing guitar, I was kind of just learning, or like you know, the bulk of my learning was just done on my own, like no, no one teaching me. Mm -hmm. And that's great for learning because I I feel like that's the best way to learn. But the downside of that is that you do develop some bad habits that like later down the line cause you to like further slip into just like being sloppier and sloppier. Like what do you mean? Uh, I, th I think, um, like, you know how a lot of people are like, Oh, you got to keep your thumb in the center 
of the neck, like when you're playing. Okay. Like, or like if you look at most guitars or like classical guitar players, for example, like if you look at them, the backside of the neck when they're playing, their thumb is basically always center of the neck. I don't know like a single, you know, rock adjacent guitarist who plays like that. Literally everyone has their thumb over the top. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm super guilty of it as well. But, and that's because I didn't practice like that when I was a kid. And now, you know, my hand just does that and I can't play any other way. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's just like learning on your own is just a free for all, you know? So you don't have a, for sure. You don't have a, um, uh, a, a, a rudiment that you follow. You don't have a, like, I always have to be like this or I, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, um, I don't know the first thing about all that. I don't know like how you're like, I don't know how you're supposed to depress the strings. Like if it's supposed to be, you know, more like the tips or the flats or I, I have no idea, you know? And I think that like, um, that's uh, probably something that if I had went over the years and looked into that, I would have improved my playing like uh, just instantly. But it's, uh, I don't know, you know, like I just took a different route to that. Like I was never interested as much in being a player as as I wanted to figure out how to use this thing that I had to see my creations into life you know so um, yeah it was almost like the less i knew like the better for me because you know i always felt like um like if i if i know what the rules are i'm gonna be worried about breaking them and if i if right I, if i'm not worried about it if i don't know what the rules are i can just do whatever i want you know um yeah but, that's yeah. that's what I think that's what really frustrated me about learning drums early on was like, what do you mean I have to hold the stick a certain way? What do you mean my like my hands aren't in the right spot? I'm just holding the stick. I'm just hitting yeah. hitting the drum. What do you, like I I, I can kind of remember just being like very frustrated with like, what do you mean I'm hitting it wrong? I just hit it. Like it's it's the easiest thing in the world. And in the same way, like with guitar, like you know, how do you how do you play a D chord? You know, just like an open D. Like there's a, there's a way that most people would play it, which is like with three fingers, but you could play it with two fingers, but you could also play, you know, different mm -hmm. variations of the chord or like, mm -hmm. depending on what tuning you're in, like there's, there's a million ways to play it, but you know, everyone, you know, some people will be like, oh, you play it barring it. And then like, you just put your middle finger like on the B string, like that's yeah. weird or I don't know. Yeah. Like there's, there, there isn't a wrong way to do it. And that's the cool thing about music is, or like an instrument is that because the result your art is subjective. The process of getting there doesn't have to be objective either. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can, you can play guitar however you want. You can play guitar like the dragon force guys, like only overhand all the time. And that's, that's a valid way to play. You'll yeah. look like a freak doing it, but it's valid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one time at a screamo show, I had someone tell me that I was like hitting the drums wrong because like I used my arms too much and I was like, get out of here. I'm like, I'm, I'm what are like, you supposed to use? I'm, I'm, I'm the drummer slash vocalist in a, like I'm playing in a living room in Austin, Texas, where I almost just fell out of the window, like behind me while I was drumming. Like, and someone was like, you use your arms too much. And I'm like, I don't even care. I don't even care. Like, I'm not even here to like play drums i'm here to like get this shit off my chest you know yeah and, like hitting the drums makes that happen you know and how so i am not even aware like of what part of my body i am using to hit the drums sometimes like and um of course now like much later i understand like and i probably even understood it then i understood like what they meant by that like like you know, because you're supposed to use your wrist, not your arms or whatever, you know? And it's like, um, but I'm just like, yeah, I don't care. Like, I, like, I don't know, you know? I'm here for, like, I'm here for what this feels like, for not, not for, like, like, it is a performance. Like, 
and in as much as people are watching and and hopefully and you got to play the notes at the right time yeah i mean you know that's you know that's secondary <laughs> like yeah. I, I, it should it shouldn't be and that sounds bad i mean it is important to me you know but like it's like no i, I know what you mean the, the experience of being there is the most important thing for right sure. right because like how else are you um like i just are you can you really rely on like the um can you really rely on just like the uh the sounds to communicate like what you're trying to do and can you really rely on the sounds to make like uh a thing that can can bring you closer to i mean they do you know like a lot of times like that's entirely the only thing that connects people with the people that listen to their music is the sound. But like mm. when you're at a show, it's like the, everything else, you know, it's like the sweat and the like, way, right. You're standing around people, you're the way like your face looks, along like or whatever. Yeah. You're yeah. all, you're all facing the same direction at the same time. Like yeah. it's all, yeah. It, it, I don't know. I've, I've always like, whenever I play shows, like as we're as I'm setting up, I always kind of take a second to just like stand there and like look at whoever is like in the room, and I always like kind of feel like this is weird that we're like we're all just standing here in this like between time between bands and like we're all just waiting for the thing that we all came here for to happen. But mm-hmm. like right now, we all just happen to be like standing standing still, just waiting. Mm-hmm. And we're all facing a specific there's it's very ritualistic and it's so just like it's so strange to like just remove yourself from that mentally for a second and just feel like it just observe really what's going on in a show environment. Yeah, I have the I have like a a pretty different experience for that particular time between like when you are um Okay, so you got the guitar case and you got the chords. So you're obviously a person in this band. And um, so between that point when the people who, other people who are at the show recognize you as someone who's about to do the thing, between that point and the point where the first note goes out, like, I am a wreck because I'm like, all these people are like, just get on with it. You know, like I have this image in my head, like everybody's just like, why are they taking so long? And, um, and it's especially like, it's like when I am on drums, like I will have like all my shit set up. And then like guitar players are like still, you know, like mm, dialing in their amps and all this stuff, other stuff. And I'm back here. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, everybody's just looking at me like this person is so stupid. Like what are they doing back there, you know? And I and like it is I have no like between when you start going and until you go, like it's it's like a fever dream. I'm just like, uh and then once the sticks click off, it's like, okay, here we go. It's go time. Yeah. It's I, uh, I feel like the the pre the preset the preset jitters and everything makes time move so much faster. Like I, I feel like I'm, you know, on like a lot of caffeine and very little food before <laughs> a set. I feel like the world around me is like in slow motion and I'm just like moving super fast, like whizzing through everything, trying to go as fast as I possibly can. And time just can't keep up with me. And that frustrates me so yeah. much. And like, I, I get super nervous before I have like to go you- on like what you were saying before though it sounds like you like almost achieve some kind of meditative state in the midst of all this where you like can take a second and you can take stock of everything and and only uh, only when i'm on stage once i'm on stage then i can kind of be like all right i can i can relax a little bit then i can get into that meditative state for because i can kind of remove myself from the environment i think because once i'm performing then i'm just worried about like i'm just worried about the music and how this feels for me. It's, it's very like, I'll say masturbatory for lack of a better term, but like, it's, it's very like self-indulgent. Self-indulgent is probably a better word. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't know, you know, like it, it can, 
like I, I've never known how to communicate this very well either, you know, because like um I I've been like extremely touched by like some things that people have said about the music that I've made and how it's like helped them through like tough times and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And, like dude. to me that's like such a huge thing and, and that's a a I I don't um like it's not like it's a responsibility, but it's something that I don't take lightly. Like the fact that this is a possible outcome, you know, that like something that you do can affect someone in that kind of way, right? So like it sounds like when you are talking about what you get out of the experience, like it sounds like you're like, this is only for me. Like I don't give a shit about what other people et cetera et cetera and it's like i've never known how to how to explain that both things are just as equally important it is right if you can't feel that way about the music that you're doing if you can't feel like it doesn't matter what anybody else gets out of this it's about what I get out of it. If you can't feel that way, can you really create something that is so honest that it could affect someone in that way that you're like potentially affecting someone? So like, I don't think it's this mutually exclusive thing where you sound like a real asshole when you're like, you know what I mean? Like, like this, I'm there to do what I'm there to do. Like, you know, I mean, and like it's um it's perfectly fine and well if people like get into the whole like how's everybody doing tonight and stuff like that thing you know what i mean because that's how they want to have their experience you know but like if if you are like me and you just sort of uh put yourself in this uh, headspace and you're like okay and you know you know what you need to do to um get what you need out of the situation and and hopefully um people can you know connect with that on its own because like uh like we're all watching this together like this is all unfolding around all of us but we're the only ones that are perceiving it in the way that we're perceiving it as well so in a way as much as it is a collective experience, it's also still a personal and singular experience. So, yeah, you know, I like, I, it's, it's, it's its own thing for me in that, like, if, you know, the music that I'm performing, it's like, it's my music in Mm -hmm. the first place. So like, I've got a connection to it just off the rip and then like, you know, playing it live, that's, I, I playing your music live is the truest expression of your music. I think, at least because on recording it's, you know, you're not, you're not hearing it in the moment. You're hearing like a reproduction mm-hmm. of it that you had to record obviously. But like when you go and hear it live, like that's happening in the moment, like that's, that's the best way to experience in my mind. So that's, that's when the music is at its most real, sorry, realized for me and I can, you know, fully envelop myself in it. But at the same time, like I don't, you know, I don't want it to just be for me. If it was just for me, then I would just play the songs, you know, by myself in a room and like no one else would be there. Mm-hmm. But like I, I put myself out there because like, hey, it's fun. I like playing shows. That's enjoyable. And like seeing other people connect with my stuff in that, you know, very real, tangible. I can see it with my own eyes directly in front of me way like that's cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm also I'm also not bothered if like no one ever likes anything I put out. Yeah. Yeah. So now that we're at the like the sort of like apex like and it's like okay, now we're all playing shows and we're feeling the way we want to feel like when we play shows. Let's go back to like the first time you played a show. What was that situation mm. like? Um it was really funny. Uh, <laughs> my first show was it was at this like kind of small venue in my hometown, San Jose, California. Uh it's called the Rock Shop. Um, and it was like, it was in the middle of summer. Fuck, I don't even remember what the show was. I just remember it was like pretty hot in that room. There were maybe like seven or eight people there. Um, 
and ultimate warrior the pro wrestler had like just died that week so i like my bandmates and i agreed that we would open our set with like a moment of silence for ultimate warrior okay <laughs> yeah that was that was our first show and it was like it was okay you know we, we played an okay set i was really nervous um i was just doing vocals in that band so like and i had never been a singer before so it was like my it was my first band my first time being a lead singer and like my first time being on a stage performing music that like I had written. So I was like very freaked out, even though there was like no one there, but it was a stage. It was, yeah, it was like a God, it was like, I'm six foot two. It came up to like about my chest and maybe four feet tall. Oh damn. And it was like a tall, yeah, it was a seven people. Just, just, yeah. For like an, it was, it wasn't a very big room in the first place. Like okay. if there were, if there were, if there were a hundred people there, it was like shoulder to shoulder packed out. Okay. So not a huge room, but like this four foot stage and, and yeah. it's just like seven, you're just looking out like, like, yeah, that's, um, that's a pretty, that had to be a pretty weird experience like to just, you know, well, this isn't how I imagine this being, but, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. but you know, I was like, I wasn't worried about it. Cause I was just like, I'm just having, I'm having fun. I'm having the time of my life up here. Yeah, sure. Um, what, um, what kind of band was that? It was like, uh, man, we, we kind of wanted to be, it was kind of all over the place. We were going for like fall of Troy meets like dance, Gavin dance, but also, um, Oh gosh, what other bands were I think those were just those were the main two influences. It was like those kinds of bands. And then like Mars Volta, sorta. And I think I think that was mostly just due to like our bass player who wrote most of the music. He really liked them. So he cited them as an influence. Terramelos, that was also kind of a big one. Oh, okay. Later on. But we were just like we just wanted to be like weird and esoteric and we were we were like, you know, seventeen through twenty doing this band. So we were just like, you know, weirdo kids just like trying to figure out what we wanted to do and just like we were just kind of having fun with it yeah i mean you know i, I don't know that's all that's all you're really trying to do right just like yeah you know you're just trying to figure out what you what you want to do i mean i personally yeah, i mean think, i'm turning 27 next week i've been doing you know bands for 10-ish years now and like i'm still basically just kind of a weirdo just figuring out what i want to do artistically <laughs> interesting thoughts like uh, that i can't i can't really put a beat on just yet about how like you know there's a there's a there's some intangible quality to um the balance that that you you need to strike when when you're trying to do something weird like to where it can possibly click with people or not like and what what does that say when something is is like too weird that people can't latch on to it or whatever like is it like when you're in that position especially when you're younger like you're 17 or whatever you know and i'm not saying i'm not putting words into your mouth you know but like the 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 idea is that you're like yeah well people just don't get it right you know so it's mm -hmm. like first of all like if you're doing that at my age like you don't want to put yourself in that headspace like well this didn't resonate with people because they just didn't get it like you just want to look at it a different way like what um what didn't connect with people about this like or whatever um but like um as i like try to keep playing the stuff that like resonates with me but try to make it like weirder and weirder um as i like go off the margins or whatever i i wonder like you know what's this like what's the defining quality like where you you know can 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 let things like fly off the handle but 
have to be able to draw everything back in to, um, like, you know, keep people captive and, and interested. Like it's, I don't know. Like, um, I think it's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff. I think that like over the years, um, there's a lot of artists that I can think of that like didn't even, like, I don't think they knew that they were doing anything weird or different or whatever. Like dinosaur junior comes to mind, you know, like, Mm. um, but it's like, it's it's just that them being like their honest selves or whatever was the thing that was different, you know? And like certainly like like uh Susie and the Banshees or something, you know, comes to mind. It's like what these things that it's like even now, these bands to me, they sound weird amongst their contemporaries, you know? Um and it's like what what I don't know. At the same time, when there's stuff like Hundred Gex and stuff, I wonder what even is weird to people anymore. You know what I mean? So yeah. It's like, I, that. That. I mean, we weren't. We weren't that out there. We were more so <laughs> just trying to do like. Um, I don't know. We were just kind of trying to make like spazzy, fast ish music. Yeah, sure. Um, but I think I think weird more so just kind of came from us just trying to be like funny and like have a sense of humor. Mm. with it like uh do you remember that band capsize Mm. they were like a melodic they were like a melodic hardcore band they were kind of big on like tumblr or whatever i think they were like um i think they were something like epitaph or something like that i don't they Mm. were like kind of a big a big band for like a year or two um they're like they're hella canceled now but anyways they we like that band that band was called lizard kingdom the one that i was in we like we were going to open for them when they were touring like their big record. Uh, and we thought it would be super funny to play the show in our underwear. So we showed up, like we like went to target before the show and like bought a bunch of pairs of like men's boxers. And then we showed up to the show, like only in our boxers and like played the set. And then like it was, we played and then like every band after us was kind of like similar ish to capsize. I think like, uh, expire played, as well and they were a little bit more like a straight up hardcore band i think um but yeah we like we stood out super hard on that show but like very much by design and like in hindsight like it's like stupid and like so embarrassing that we did that but i don't know like i wouldn't i wouldn't go back and change that because that's i don't know that's just one of those things that's like yeah we were just dumb we were dumb kids and we thought that was funny yeah yeah that's like a like a more like a Mike Patton like weird kind of like it's like I'll you know I'm gonna do this this thing that's um but I don't know you know stuff like that stuff like that can be a lot of fun you know I mean I used to play in a band where you know the singer would have uh briefcases full of props and you know fun stuff like that um yeah and uh yeah I mean you know that's a different kind of thing but um yeah, so uh you know getting to um getting to Brahm like uh y'all y'all's first um track that you released was you know back in in November of 2019 and obviously like uh since then you know the world's kind of like it's been in an upheaval of one uh variety or another um and um like y'all have managed to put you know put out a couple of releases um and one thing that i think that definitely to my ears anyway separates y'all from a lot of um screamo bands is there this there's a lot of melody in y'all's songs like i think that like y'all are one of the more melodic um screamo bands that I can think of. And, um, I, I think that, um, you know, my band Comoregalia is a pretty melodic for a screamo band. And I, I cite that to me basically like growing up on like bad religion, you know, um, stuff like that. Uh, so, um, what I was going to ask is, is that a is that just a 
coincidence? Is that a byproduct or is that like part of like, you know, this, like where you come from or was it intentional? Um, I don't, I don't know how intentional all of it was. Um, the guitar parts mostly are written by our other guitar player, Thomas. Um, he, Thomas was a bass. He started out as a bass player for a long time. Brom was really kind of like, we started that. Brom kind of came out of Lizard Kingdom. It's all the same guys, oh, really. Okay. It's 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 the same members, just like under a new name. We just started the new band because we were like, you know, Lizard Kingdom's run its course. We want to do something different. Um, sure. We were all kind of like getting in. We were all kind of like in into Screamo at the same time. So we were like, let's just do that. That seems fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thomas was kind of like, I really want to play guitar for this band. I want to get better at playing guitar. Um so he started, he just started playing guitar like for this band and he wrote all the songs. Um, and I, I, as the other guitar player who had to like learn his songs and learn the parts, it, to me, it seems like it, it seems clear to me because I know Thomas and I know his like kind of songwriting style from having been in bands with him for nine years now. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's clear to me that he takes like a bass player's approach to writing songs and it's like I don't, it's it's something that you would only know if you know how to like play the songs but i think the melody the, the melody jesus excuse me it's been a long day the <laughs> melody in the songs um i don't know i think that's just like a uniquely thomas thing because even like thinking back on like lizard kingdom songs like even though they were kind of weird and like they had their little parts that were like okay this is kind of strange or whatever there were like there were I can think of there was one song that we hired that was called The Lotus and like sort of in the middle and part of it there's this bass arpeggio. There's big guitar and bass, like arpeggio part, but it's a harmony as well, kinda it's kinda hard to describe if you're not listening to it. But like I, I think of that part and that to me is kind of the like blueprint of like, oh, that's kinda where a bunch of Brahm stuff comes from. Is this just like bass heavy like low string sort of like kind of strumming out chords but also kind of playing a melody mm-hmm. um but yeah i don't i don't know where it comes from necessarily i know lord snow was a big influence for a lot of the stuff that thomas wrote for brahm uh but i don't think we sound like lord snow <laughs> you know what i mean yeah um yeah nico definitely has a very uh kinetic Yes, um, sa- uh, like quality to their uh, guitar, their guitar work. That's like, uh, it's hard to, like, it's hard for me to mentally think of uh, other bands that have that same. Like when I think of other bands that are similar, I'm like, no, wait, Nico was in that band as well. Um, yep. So, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's not. Or you know, even if it's not a band that he was in, like, there's certainly influenced by his playing like yeah, yeah. you know listen listen to Masanera. tell me they're not influenced by lord snow you know what i mean yeah 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 love Masanera. shouts out by the way yeah um yeah uh it's yeah i just thought that that was um that was really interesting and you said this was the person that was trying to bring the mars volta influences to the to the prior incarnation of the band yeah, he. Uh, I definitely yeah, Thomas, don't I'm, see that in the Brahm stuff, but like, yeah, I don't. You yeah. wouldn't. I think right? that I think that was going a little bit more for like a straight up, like harder sound. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's also really into like punk, like hardcore punk. He's in like a couple hardcore bands. Um, so I think I think that I think that was also like around the time he was like really getting heavy into like hardcore punk as well. So I think a lot of that like kind of driving chord progressions played into it as well. So mm-hmm. I think, I don't know. I think kind of that collision of like liking Lord Snow and Screamo and like a little bit more of like the melodic side of that music, especially with the background of like, you know, Fall of Troy or Dance Gavin Dance or whatever, mm-hmm. which are very melodic bands coupled with like that aggression of getting into hardcore punk. I, th- I think that's where, I think there's that, that blending of all those styles that's just what came out as Brom. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, I can't remember how recent the most, uh, recent EP is. Um, but that was released on illuminate my heart, right? 
Uh, Illuminate My Heart okay. and ZBR. Yeah, because yeah, because they sent me a tape of that, and I was like, oh sweet. Because <laughs> oh word. Yeah, so so like I you know I have both the tapes now, like uh, just oh, sort of like coincidentally not that i like didn't want them but just like i did a trade with uh zegama and then i'm okay okay i got the first tape and then uh and then when we had a song on a split seven inch that uh illuminate my heart released um uh matthew also sent me one of y'all's tapes and i was like oh sick i have them both um but um yeah um what is next on you know, y'all's playlist, like, uh, are you, do you plan to write for like an LP? Is that already underway? Or is it, are y'all just like, well, we just write a few songs and then do them and then, you know, keep moving like that? Um, that's a big question. I'm, I'm not sure what's in Brahms future right now. We're like, you know, the, the origins of, of the band for us are like, this is just fun. We're just doing this for fun. Cause like, you know, Thomas is like, he's in bigger bands. He's been in bigger bands for quite a while. Like, you know, uh, he's in spy. So he's like flying to New York, like basically every, every other week oh, okay. for a show. That's like, you know, that's his like money band right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like our bass player, Ryan, he lives in New York. He like started, he started a marketing company with some college buddies that like got pretty successful. So he's like got a career paved out for himself. I'm doing school Nick's like an actual <laughs> Nick's Nick. We like to joke that our drummer Nick is he could do Brahm by himself because he has a degree in jazz drums and he's like actually very accomplished at basically every instrument he touches. So like whenever we get to be, whenever we get together for practices, he's like he'll usually mess around on like one of our guitars or something, and then he'll be like, oh, I can kind of figure out the set, and we're just like, yeah, man, we know you could do our jobs, <laughs> you could replace us. <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, but Nick's like you know. He's he's doing his thing. He plays with like a jazz trio or like a couple jazz trio. He's basically just like a session guy at this point. And I'm like finishing school. So I I think Brahm at this point is like we're just kinda like getting together every now and again to like play shows. And it's just an excuse for us to like hang out and like have fun and just like be friends and still love each other and connect in the way that we love to connect with one another. As far as like writing material goes, um, we're kind of working on it. I don't know. We're like our, our buddy Gus, who is sort of like the unofficial fifth member of the band. I don't, we should just make him a member at this point. Gus, you're in the band. If you're listening to this, uh, <laughs> and if you're, <laughs> you're not, you're not in the band as of now. You're in the band as of right now. If you're not, we're like, on the... yeah, I don't know. We've, we've talked about getting together to write. So I don't know. Well, I don't, something's on the horizon for us more than likely. I don't know about an LP. Maybe I would love to do one for sure, but you know, it's everything is by group group decision because you know it's it we're just we're just homies we're just like buddies trying to have a good time so i i don't think i think if we took this band like a lot more seriously then we would be like yeah we got to have a deadline we got to like write we got to you know schedule recording like all this we got to you know have an epk we got to be shopping out to labels but like that's tiring that's exhausting and i don't know i just I did that stuff for a while and I'm, I'm just like so burnt out, burnt out on it now that I'm like, I would infinitely rather just, you know, play shows to 10 people in a deli in Oakland or whatever for the rest of my life and just have fun that way. And that was my conversation with Griffin Slinker. Thank you so much, Griffin, for taking the time to chat with me. I really had a great time. Did y'all know you can join me at patreon.com slash humanmachine for daily writings, comics, exclusive music releases, and more? Well, you can. Thanks to everyone who's already signed up. Until next time, take care and do good things. <laughs>